Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Shauna. And I'm Corey. And this week in our cup, I have iced tea because I'm drinking iced tea. And you're drinking Perfect. hot tea. So that's always good. Because you're good. always cold. I'm always okay. cold. Yeah. But that's okay. So, uh, and uh, our bread this week is actually pizza dough because we're about to eat pizza. So that yeah. is our ex- very exciting stuff. And I'm love pizza very much. Night. We, uh, we do pizza night once, one night a week at least. And uh, not at least. Just one night a week. I don't want you to have pizza last night, so. Oh, that's true. So, just saying. Yeah, sometimes our kids get bonus pizza. Yeah. We're um, old. We don't get bonus pizza. That's true. <laughs> um, and this week, we're going to just have kind of a, a conversation about a very kind of big topic that I don't know where I land on. Yep. But I think that that's kind of the beauty of this conversation of... Um, uh, here's the thing. It's about hell and it yep. is something that has been debated and, and you can go back and you can look throughout the entire history of the church yep. of like trying to figure out how does hell fit into this big picture and what is hell? What is Hades? What is this? Like all of these terms that are used in the Bible and all of these images that are spoken about in church and, and whatnot. And I think that there's a certain point where we've had, where these discussions are happening and we've, we as the church have kind of come to a conclusion of what that answer to that is, yep. as if that debate saw, suddenly stopped in 19, you know, 84 or something, you know, and then we've figured it all out now. Yeah. And I think we want to kind of open up that, no, the conversation is still yet to be had. Yeah. And we don't fully understand how all of this lays out. So, so. that's a great preface. I'm preface. I'm going to add my own that, um, the last time we talked about this, you and I actually land in slightly different places about it. Yeah. Because this is probably very... Probably still do. Probably still do. Yeah. I'm assuming we haven't switched positions much. But just sometimes when we come on here and we talk about conversations we are, we're having, which is what we're trying to do is invite all of you into these bigger conversations Corey and I are having with other people outside of the two of us. Um, we've often thought quite a lot about it and had many conversations. And so while we never pretend that we are biblical theologians um, and we never pretend that we actually have a definitive answer, we don't, um, we we come to most of these pretty set in our perspective. And we have avoided this conversation now for a year. This might be our one-year anniversary podcast, by the way. Close, if not... Depending on when you... when. It, it goes live, this could be our one-year anniversary, which means we've been avoiding it for a year. Um, Mainly because we go against probably more of the... Like, I'm afraid somebody in our church is going to listen to it and be angry about it, but that's okay. Yeah, and please don't. If you're part of our church, please don't be mad at us. If if we land in a different place than you do, we are, we, we are really just trying to wrestle through what we believe the Bible tells us about this. Um, and also... I'm just going to go ahead and lead with, of all the topics, this is probably the one 
that really almost matters the least while also mattering the most. Because here's the thing, nobody's going to know if we're right and wrong until after we're dead. And like so far, nobody's managed to get a message back yeah. to tell us whether or not we're right or wrong. So it almost doesn't matter, making it a fun thought experiment. It also matters a ton because of the damage that has been done to people based on certain conceptions of hell. So today yeah. we're asking, what the hell? Yeah. And it's interesting that you say, you know, it's done, it's the, the perception of it has hurt the most amount of people. I think that's 100% true because I think that we, I remember hearing, what was it, a couple years ago I heard about, or maybe it was a year ago, um, it was Aaron Rodgers, and I know you're a big Packer fan, but he came out and said that he he walked away from his faith because it was um, he could not wrap his head around the idea that God would send people to this burning lake of fire mm-hmm. and still be a loving God. Yeah. So that he just wrestled through it, couldn't figure it out, threw it all away. Right? Meaning that he was really set. He was fixed on the idea of hell as a burning like a fire where souls were cognizant that they were being tortured for eternity. Right. So he wasn't willing or able to dismiss that. But to be fair, that's what was taught to him. Right. I'm, I'm just, no, I'm just I'm pointing just, I know, out. I'm just throwing it out there. The point that, so when you and I started to come at, like one, I don't know, it was probably 15 years ago or something, we started kind of poking at that conception a little bit in our own minds of like, well, where do I land on this? Because we were raised in the era of what were those, what were those um, human videos called where they were like, it was like that we were raised in the heaven's gates, hell's flames era. Yeah. So, I mean, not only were we sort of taught theoretically that, that that was your choice. You were either upon death, you were either literally going straight to genuine pearly gates with gold streets or a literal lake of fire where you will be aware of yourself being tortured forever and ever. That we were taught that. Yeah. Yeah, And frankly, we participated in human videos and plays and things Yep, that Missions supported that, that stuff. Yeah, yeah, that supported that idea. So we have to own our part in perpetuating yeah. that concept. Uh, so, so let's go into because that's the, the 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 common one, right? The common one is this idea that um, Christian say the magic prayer. We've talked about that before, right? Yeah. Like you, you say the magic words, and all of a sudden you're a Christian, or or, or even if you go and you listen to us and you're like, oh, I, or you, you believe like I've just come into a relationship with God, right? Over time. And then all of a sudden you die, you go to heaven. If you didn't do all those things, all the people that didn't come into relationship with God, they go to hell. Yep. Right. Or in the youth group view, if you somehow messed up between the last time you raised your hand and went to the altar and today kind of iffy. Right. And the, that that hell is this burning lake of fire, falling falling through eternity while flames burn up around you, and yeah. you're in, tortured for all eternity, right? Yeah. Like that is the common 
misconception or the, that is the t common perception yeah. within the modern Western church, I would say. But what other views are there out there? Maybe that's what we should walk through because yeah. let me just start with what's your view, Shauna? Because this is where like, <laughs> I don't know where I sit on this, Yeah, but I want you to walk through your view. Okay. So, um, I, I'm, I'm going to say that I'm fairly aware of two other views. One of them is what I think I, kind of where I think I land. Um, and then the other is basically the secular view. So the secular view is that, um, is basically nihilism. There, there is only this life and that when this life stops, that is the end of life. Yeah. And so uh, there is nothing after this. So eat, drink, and be merry for tomorrow we die. Now, there are other religions that have, you know, conceptions of different levels of enlightenment, um, possibly rebirth, regenesis, you know, reincarnation. So there are other versions of what happens um, after sort of this season of consciousness comes to a close. Um, the, from what I understand, there's a pretty deep Jewish tradition that um, death just simply means, so the word is sheol, and it just means the grave, um, and is sort of this idea of just, you're done. It's just... Which, by the way, I've seen people translate that as meaning sheol being hell, by the way, just so you Yeah, know. exactly. And so there's that confusion too, but sheol... It, it literally means grave. And depending on, you know, what tradition you, you take, follow. Yeah. you follow, um, that can mean simply the ceasing of life. So again, back to that sort of nihilistic point of view, or it could mean, and this is what Jesus purported, no, no, I, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, meaning that I'm not the God of the dead, but of the living. And so Jesus was very clear that there is something that comes after right. death, right? I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And you, and the thief on the cross, we talked about this with the magic prayer, right? Surely today you will be with me in paradise. Um, paradise in that case, meaning, you know, again, the garden, it's back to that sort of language. Uh, and so taking from those I'm, I really, I'm like genuinely nervous to put this out there. Um, my perspective is that the Bible is God's story to us. It is not a story about us. Like the Bible is not written from the human perspective. Now there are human writers who use their cultural lens and their stories and experiences, but that the that the underlying concepts of the Bible are actually God's story to us. I don't think that that's that revolutionary. No. I think most Christians hold that. Which means that if I'm going to take that as my framework or my lens for viewing what comes after death, I have to view it through what what would be hell for God, what would he perceive hell to be? Not how do I interpret hell or my desire for vengeance for my enemies or, you know, any of right. these things, but like, what would God's conception of hell be 
if he's telling his story and inviting us into it? And what would his conception of eternal existence be that would make it worth coming and showing us finally, once and for all, how to live like the like an actual human and thereby getting to have an eternal relationship with him? And for this moment, unfixed, still very much in process, I land on a loving God's conception of hell would be complete separation from this image-bearing soul he intended to have relationship with. Hmm. Which, to my mind, and from sort of what I'm... The way I understand it is when you look at things like the burning like a fire and some of those things, fire biblically is either, um, it's it's almost always purification. And sometimes it is destruction for purification, Sodom and Gomorrah, right? right. But but that the destruction is not forever and ongoing. It, it consumes completely. And I mean, Revelation even uses that language. Regeneration, kind of what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. It consumes completely the thing that is not righteous or unholy, and then that is gone. And so I, I struggle to find in that language a version where, one, it's so much about the human that, that the result would be that the human is consciously being eternally burned opposed to the idea that when we die on this earth, if we, have re- if we are in God's kingdom, that's already happening on this earth, right? That's right. the idea of Christ's kingdom. If it's already happening, basically we just move from the like lobby waiting room of kingdom activity to like main arena of kingdom <laughs> activity, right? And so it it is still intended to be here in this time. And, and the Bible is pretty clear about that, that those who were dead in Christ shall rise. It doesn't say those who are dead in Christ shall rise and then everyone else gets lit up. It, it just talks about those who have relationship with Christ have an opportunity to participate forever in this regenesis. Those who were not alive in Christ don't have that opportunity. They cease. The burning would be are purified with fire, are consumed completely, and are gone. And while that could feel like for people who were saved um, because they were trying to escape eternal torture, they could feel like that's a cop-out view. I do not, because that wasn't ever the reason for me to be a Christian. Yeah. And so... I think that's a big piece of it is I think that honestly like for as much as I don't I don't know where I sit on it so just yeah. so you know no we, we already said that, that like um I don't know that I sit fully in your camp mainly it's just because I've been I taught I don't really so even have a camp I'm just telling you like I yeah I'm like messing around with some like fabric and poles and I'm hoping to come up with something stable I just, I just don't know like for me like I don't ever want to be like I I don't ever want to approach it something so imp- so important and unimportant as we've said yeah from the standpoint of man it i don't understand how god could do that so therefore I'm it's dismissing not it. yeah. i'm i'm throwing it out yeah. and i'll come up with a more rational version that Corey yeah. understands right yeah so so from my 
I know how I perceive God. And so therefore yeah. it doesn't, it, the only way for it to fit within my picture is to talk about what you just explained as, as an example of it, of what hell is. That fits great. That's nice. Fits up nice little tidy. Put that in a bow. Got it but it going. isn't. But it isn't tidy. No, it's horrific. If you look at it from no, God's I, perspective, I agree. I mean, I'm, it is but why saying, we. But it's more, easier. It's easier to consume. For me, it isn't. And I'll tell you, the last couple times I had this discussion privately with with friends, like I can't say that I ever teared up talking about the idea of eternal flames with somebody because it was like. Which prize do you want? You want shiny prize or crabby prize? When I think about it through this lens, it guts me. Hmm. Genuinely guts me. Not because that somehow then makes my conception more valid, because that's an no. emotional, yeah. I mean, that's emotional justification, which is nonsense. You can have emotions about almost anything. But you and I know each other well enough for you to know what that means in the way that I perceive this. It is not actually easy for me to see this. I don't think it's tidy. But I think for I some think people it's it would be, right? For some people it would be, oh, okay, well then they just don't exist. I agree that there's much but more depth to it than that. That's a lack of discipleship. Right. I agree. I'm just saying that like, but that might be the part of me that once the non-torturous route yeah. and the merciful killing route which is the way I would kind of deem it. Sure, those, okay. Right? the mercy killing version. Right. Got it. Um, that's that's how I would I, I could view it. I agree sure. that there's an opportunity for discipleship to go, oh, this is there's there's more to it than that. It's not a mercy yeah. killing. It's a it's separation and it's a missed opportunity, which is in many ways much worse than going through a bad time. If that makes uh-huh. sense, right? So I, I get it from that point, and I do think that there's an opportunity to have that discussion. I just think that, like, on the surface, I go, one's a mercy killing, and the other is... Uh, well, and I think for me, the you know, as I've sort of struggled through this and continue to struggle through this perspective, what it challenges me with is what is my approach and what is my motivation? Mm. Because actually, the shiny prize, or I really wish I could use the alliteration. We're back to wanting to use, you know, sort of unfortunate language, the shiny prize or the poopy prize um, version, is that it really plays into that sort of butts and seats thing, right? Yeah. Where do you want to go? Make your decision now. And then as, a, as somebody who sort of is a fan of the faith, ooh, that's our oven beeping because we're going to have pizza. A little yeah. bit of levity. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> get that? Right, levity? Uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, and this movement, I, I guess for me, the reason that I don't feel like that is a a cop-out and why I would be a, a just, yeah. I, I hear you're shaking your head at me and I, I know you're not telling me it's a cop-out, but that why, I to me, this is so difficult to talk about because I don't want someone to go, oh, well, Shauna didn't know what to do with that. So she simply used an argument she debate skills yeah. to justify yeah. saying hell doesn't exist. And I, I'm not actually saying that. I do actually believe in hell. I just don't think that hell has... I think that that there is more than ample room um, for hell to not be Dante Inferno conception. And, there, and by the way, just to throw this out there, there is a ton of 
um, theological backing behind what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like I, I don't know that we need to get into like theological history. No, there's or, better podcasts for there's, that. There's there's much more well spoken people that talk about this. And I educated. think that what we're talking about is how do you wrestle through. First of all, I think it's healthy to have this discussion, and I yep. think more people should be having this discussion yep. in the church. And I think that's one of the big things that I come away from when we talked about talking about this was this discussion needs to happen because we kind of like what we talked about on our first episode. When we don't know what to do with the answers, we just create a, a playbook for our faith and we go, if you don't abide by the playbook, you aren't in the faith yeah. anymore, right? Yeah, exactly. And it, and I think doubting is good. Yeah. And questioning and wrestling yeah. through these things If God is, is not big enough to handle our human questions, he's not big enough to serve. Right, exactly. And to follow that up with a great quote that I just heard from John Acuff, uh, I'm not sure that he created it, but he is the one who introduced me to it, is leaders who can't be questioned often end up doing questionable things. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to be that leader. Right. So if you're listening to this, you're giving us an opportunity to act as leaders for a moment. And I want I want to be able to be questioned, meaning that I'm I'm honest that these aren't fixed answers. But I but I think it comes back to like the reason we're having this conversation is because you actually had a conversation with somebody who was like, I am, I am ready to have this discussion about whether or not I believe in hell. Yeah. And, and we have our kids will ask this question yeah. uh, as they get older. Um, our um, teenage daughter is sitting on the couch next to us, both listening and nodding vigorously. She and I have had this discussion several times because as a student in a public school, um, she has a diverse friend group from a host of different belief systems um, and even, you know, Christian denominations, but also non-Christian faiths. Uh, It's an important conversation to have. Yeah. And I just think that like, I just need, I think we need to open up the doors and Mm -hmm. I, I, and even for me, like, this is a bit of like, I just don't know. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's important though. We should be having this discussion in the church. We should be having wrestling through this and it's okay to go, you know what? I don't know that I believe in hell. We again, I think we talked about this but before. But again, believe in hell. Just don't believe in eternal torture. Hell. Right. Well, well, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, but, for the human, right? Yeah. It is eternally torturous for God to have lost that image bearer of Him. Right. And so, like, just understand that this debate—it's okay to even not have an answer right now. Yeah. That that you're comfortable with. And go, you know, I actually don't know about that. Just don't accept whatever you're accepting lightly. Yeah. Don't take this conversation. Don't take this conversation and say, Oh, I heard on bread and cup that, you know, yeah. hell could just be that people stop. Try not to quote us like and that. And I'm anyway. gonna I'm gonna just run with that. No, no. Now you've been introduced to another version of this. Go wrestle that out. Why why would that not be correct? What am I missing? What is Corey missing? What are you missing? Wrestle through it. And even more than that, like if I'm wrong, what does what are that the ramifications? change? Yeah, what is the ramifications on my view of God and on yeah. my view of the people around me? And I think yeah. that's really the big question, like why we say it's an important question and yet it's super unimportant. Yeah. Because if you wrestle through it and you go, man, I think Shauna, what she was saying on that episode, I did more research and I found out that this guy over here was right and this guy, and I actually believe that this isn't true. And now I don't 
believe now I don't think that I am a Christian because I I only did it to to avoid for avoidance. Yeah. That's a different discussion, right? Yep. Like understand your motivation for why you hold on to something like that yep. so hard so heavily. Yep. And what does that mean to your faith? Yep. That's actually a great lead-in because a question I was going to ask earlier was that what what does this mean for discipleship? And I think that that really is the central question because the 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 shiny or poopy prize at the end of the road. I know. I just really so want to say the other word. We're not really that well podcast. I know. Our listeners are smart. They can fill that in all by themselves or not if those words aren't for them. Um that that what that version does is it makes conversion clean. You can do things like harangue someone into saying a prayer with you and you leave feeling satisfied that you got them to choose the shiny prize. You aren't necessarily obligated to return to them and make sure they're okay. You're not necessarily obligated to help them wrestle through questions. You're not necessarily obligated to um, help them become discipled or developed or mature. You got them to choose the shiny prize because this is an A or B scenario. And I'm not denying that there's an element of A or B, but what, what this conception has done to me is that I don't get that easy out of like, well, run them through the Romans road and get them to say the prayer. Like then box check, shiny, shiny jewel in my little heaven crown. Yeah. What I'm now obligated to do is to walk people towards life. Yeah. And that's messy and it's frustrating and it's, labor intensive and it's exhausting and that's discipleship and what what i think what i think is a key takeaway from this is if we live the the parts of the christian walk that that are sort of undebatable right you you believe in jesus and you you make disciples right those are central tenets that are said so often there's really no grounds for disagreeing right if you do that, it almost doesn't matter what's at the end of the road. And we have said this because you and I, we believe in, in God to participate in the kingdom now. If there is no heaven, I stand my, by my decision to live the kingdom now. Right. If there is no hell, I stand by my decision to live the kingdom now and to invite other people to do it. Because the kingdom isn't just something for once this life is done. The kingdom is happening in this moment. And so for me, it has sort of eliminated the, the AB prize the element. The, and it, well, even the need for the debate over it in many yeah. ways. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like the discussion. I think for my, for my mind, I want, I want to have some sort of conception for all the people that I know and love that don't participate in the kingdom. Yeah. I, I, I want to have some sort of conception of who they will be someday. Um, well, maybe maybe that's something to, to kind of add in kind of as a closing is like, if you, first of all, if you're having this debate, continue to have this debate yeah. and in discussion, have it in, but have it in a healthy way yep. where the outcome of your decision on wh- what hell is, where hell is, what it looks, you know, all yep. of those things does not change your faith, 
right? Because hell, hell's existence or Without, non-existence. Wait, it, should, it actually should change your faith. Not change your faith. It should deepen your faith. Right. You should know the character of God better when you're done with it. Yes. But I'm, I'm saying, but so that it doesn't Don't use it to negate away, your faith. To negate your faith, yeah. right? Because then you're, you're literally, you're changing the motivation behind what what the discussion about hell yeah. even was in the first place. Yep. So, um, but if you're having that debate, like have that discussion, have that, yep. like have that dialogue in a healthy manner. Yeah. Have that, um, explore kind of what is out there explore yeah. where where what that means to your faith and then if you come to a conclusion of oh man i don't i don't maybe i don't believe that hell exists or i believe i know that hell exists yep how what does that change in your faith and start yep. to question that like well, how does that change how i act how yeah. does that change how i love the people around me how i look at the people around yeah. me even or how know? i join them in their chaos because yeah. as we talked about last week that's a reality yeah yeah so we're about to go eat some pizza with our family. Thank you for joining us for this difficult conversation. Uh, I hope it sparked some thinking in you. Uh, I hope you still listen to us after this. Uh, and of course, we would love to hear your thoughts, love to hear your conversations and considerations at Bread and Cup Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or breadandcuppodcast.com. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.